Hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. This is our show. So since our last episode, we have released Boom and Zoom from designer Ty Bamba. It's an abstract game. Now when we started uh, Holland Spiel, we didn't really have an intention to do any abstract games. We thought, well, we're just going to do war games. And we really had no intention of publishing an abstract game until we played Boom and Zoom. And it was like, wow, this is really good. This is really great. I had no idea if we'd be able to sell this to our audience at all. But I love this game. Let's let's do this, because one of the fun parts about owning your own company is we can kind of do what we want. Which is why uh, eventually we're going to do a Dinosaur Table Battles game, because that's what Mary wants. Yep. And apparently a game about a T-Rex who has a tea shop. Yes. Called T-Rex. But it's T-E-A hyphen Rex. That, I thought it was King T. Was it King T? T, yeah. King I don't remember. I just remember you telling me that I... I, was, I the shop was called King T. Okay. So you were very clear, though, that I am required to design a game about a T-Rex when it's a tea shop. Yeah. So that is on my list now, apparently. Yes. I'm going to get to the Barbie Wars eventually, but I think that's going to take precedence. I think so. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a good game. Yeah. For me. Uh, maybe for nobody else, but for me, it, it will be. And, you know, and that's the thing. We, we can publish a game because we think it's going to be a good game. It's a game that we want to publish. So that was kind of the case with Boom and Zoom, because we really had no idea how well it was going to do and how much of an audience we had for abstract games. So we didn't know how it was going to do, and now we know. We have data we can use uh, for future games that are abstract-like. We have another abstract game in the pipeline, which is Mark Herman's Ribbit. And we're going to look at what we can do to try to reach that market. So, uh, but at any rate, the fun part about owning your own company is you can publish games just because you love them and just because you want to publish them. We really don't have that financial consideration where if we publish a game that doesn't resonate with our with our audience, we're 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 we're, we're screwed. We're we're not. Yes, but our designers really would like to make money. And <laughs> we would like to make money too. We would like them to make money. Um, and I think as people now get because Boom Zoom is out there now, people are going to be playing it, and it's yes. pretty quick to get on the table. So hopefully, some word of mouth will spread, and we'll get we'll get more people buying. Yeah. I think there's a bigger market for abstract games uh, outside of the U.S., and we don't really have a whole lot of, what would you call it, market penetration there as far as our physical box games go. We tend to do more business P&P-wise there, though the bulk of our P&Ps, I think, are still U.S. Still customers. Things, yeah. But um, it might be when we do the P&P, we're going to see an uptick uh, in uh, overseas orders, as it were. Our next release, and it should be coming out sometime this week, is Hood's Last Gamble, which is an operational-level ACW game from designer John Tyson. It's our third such game from John Tyson, and we're really excited to be releasing that. We, in fact, just got a package today uh, with a map for another John Tyson game, which is operational, but is not set during the ACW. So I'm just going to drop that little hint there. Later this month, we're going to be releasing... The Great Heathen Army, which is the fourth game in our Shields and Swords series. I would say that Great Heathen Army is an experiment for us in the way that Boom and Zoom was an experiment for us. Because we're trying to see, you know, trying something new and trying to see if it works. 
So with Great Heathen Army, compared to the other three uh, Shields and Swords games, it's a larger game. It's more of a big box game, as it were, or our approximation of that format, because there's a limit on how much we can put in that box, how many maps, how many counters, uh, because our production costs uh, increase exponentially if we put in more maps and stuff. But the idea is to see, okay, if we present eight battles uh, that are thematically linked in a box together, is that going to sell better or uh, resonate with people more than the previous games where we had one or two battles or four in the case of um, House, of House of Normandy? But that was those are, those are much smaller battles, and these are all kind of full-size battles, kind of on par with the battles we had in the other two games. So we'd like to see how that does, because if it does well, then we'll look at doing future Shields and Swords games in that style, including the Shields and Swords Ancients line that we're working on. And if it doesn't do uh, significantly better or any better than, you know, our standard one or two battle game uh, boxes, then we'll probably stick with that format because it's going to be cheaper for you as a consumer and... You know, you know, take less effort on my part because you know I'm I'm generally lazy and you know want to be able to slack off more often. Now, what we've been working on the last few weeks is getting Wars of Marcus Aurelius ready, getting uh, ready for to order our proof copy. Uh, you laid out the book and I laid out the counters and we did all that fun stuff. And you're now working on the book for supply lines, uh, the Southern uh, strategy because we just got the map from Anya and we just got the additional counter art from Alex Krumweedy. So we're kind of good to go there once we get the, the book put together, and you're working on that, and I'm working on an example of play for the book. So that'll be number 28, and they'll probably be coming in late April or early May. We're still figuring out the exact time frame there. So right now we're a little bit ahead of the curve. Yep. We, we really need a buffer, for sure. We, we need that time. Cause stuff happens. Stuff happens. Yep. Like we lose power, which which we did this uh, this weekend during the snowstorm, and we were actually working on your character sheet for the tabletop RPG that we're working on, and we're in the middle of, of rolling up your skill points when all the lights went out. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. I think back to that actually. We've been working on that since before. Wait a minute. Why, it's always a tabletop. What are we doing? What do you mean tabletop? A tabletop RPG, like in our. So yeah. Do I, always our tabletop. All our. Except you know if you go out and do dress up and. Larping. 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 Yeah. Dress so, up. Well, I, I think. Yeah, I call it dress up. Okay. I think it's a differentiated from like computer RPGs and video game RPGs. Okay. You know stuff like Final Fantasy or Skyrim or whatnot. Yeah. So they call it a tabletop RPG. I, I don't call the video games RPGs. That's because you didn't grow up playing them. <laughs> I did, so they were RPGs. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not playing. Uh, to me, I'm not role-playing. It's it's a character on the TV that I'm manipulating yeah. through the um, controller. I, I don't actually play that that character. But I, I'm, I play by myself. I wander around looting and doing whatever I want. I, I, I mean, do enjoy looting. <laughs> I mean, the only difference between that and a tabletop RPG is that you wander around with the, other, the group of other people looting. Yeah. I, I don't actually do a lot of looting. I, I help a lot of people. But, but mostly you take you kill things and take their stuff. So, I mean, it's... it's 
Yeah. That's, that's something you kind Elder of... Elder Scrolls is so weird. You, you, you kill a crab and, and you get two gold. That's that's not specific to Elder Scrolls, i, I got to say. No, I'm just mentioning Elder Scrolls and their crabs and other stuff. And then Borderlands and um, Fallout. And you, you kill these weird things and, and you get stuff. Mm-hmm. Guns. Um, like you kill a skag in Borderlands and you get some cool stuff. Oh, it ain't the gun. <laughs> It's, it's silly. Well, you see me playing the Final Fantasy VI I've been playing recently, and, um, you know, I you get money. I, there's a character who steals things uh, named Locke, and you have a command where you can steal stuff from the enemy, and he's stealing, like, tonics and potions from, like, weird grass people and dogs named Ralph and, and whatnot, and they all have the stuff on them. I'm not sure why or, or how. Now, why would you leave the house with some of that stuff? If you were an animal or beast? Hey, I would not leave the house. I mean, if you're Ralph, why are you going to leave the house with some of that stuff? Well, first of all, Ralph, I don't think he has a house because... I'm he, sure he has a house. He exists on, on the veldt, which is, you know, is the, the kind of grassy land where all the monsters are. And there are no houses out and, there. And you don't think they have a place where they live? He it's might their have, house. He might have a den or something, but... Well, I think he's, he's just got a den. He's probably uh, got a bedroom. And a I really think and a, he's just wandering around, looking for for humans to eat, and beat up. And uh, Ralph, really? I have never played Final Fantasy, so I Final Fantasy VI. I don't think Ralph is in the other games. Well, he sounds cute. He's like he's like a giant bulldog or something, and his name is Ralph. Like, why would you name him Ralph? And like, there are multiple Ralphs. Like, sometimes I'll, there'll be, like, two Ralphs fighting me, or a Ralph and a couple birds or whatnot. It's like, I have killed multiple Ralphs. Yeah. I feel bad. He is cute. Yeah. You know. I always feel bad killing the Skags in Borderlands or some of, the, some of the other animals in the various games that I play. Well, this is why that's, you... That's why I will not play, what is it, Monster Hunter? Monster Hunter, Hunter yeah. The it's... idea of wandering around killing these poor animals to or monsters... <laughs> To, to make stuff from their body parts? No. I'd rather make friends with the animals and go around killing the people. What's weird is I could see you enjoying Monster Hunter. I haven't played Monster Hunter, but you know from what I read about it, I could see you enjoying the game if you weren't killing monsters. If you weren't killing like living animal creatures. Like we have that game um, Event Horizon, Dawn, Dawn Horizon, mm-hmm. something. Rise, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And basically, you're going around killing monsters and chopping them up they're, and taking their stuff, but they're, they're all robotic. the robots. Yeah. It's fine because like, it's robots. No, it's still upsetting. Is it upsetting? Yeah, I've watched you play it and it's like, oh god, those poor little animals. But they're not. They're not animals. They're robots. I don't care. I don't like killing robots either. I'm not really fond of killing anybody. I do like looting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like wandering around. Your favorite games, I think. Now, I can't say for sure they're your favorite games, but the games I've seen you play the most are Borderlands, The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Bioshock. These are all games primarily where you go around killing things and taking their stuff. Well, with Bioshock, I don't mind killing those. Uh, the, um, oh, God, I forgot what they're called. The Big Daddies? Yeah, Big Daddies. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of killing the little sisters. No. No. I once did that accidentally playing Bioshock, and I felt so bad about it, I started over. You know, and it was weird because 
for a long time, I was very much on the, yes, video games are art, but I don't care about characters in video games. I don't care about the narrative. I don't care about making moral decisions. I'm looking at it from the point of view of a mechanical decision. Like, what do I gain from it? But uh, I did that, and like, oh my, I just felt awful. I, I'll probably get around to playing that Horizon. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy uh, it. It's it's fun. It, it's really well done. Like, a lot of the AAA-type video games I don't get into very much, but uh, it's just very intuitive. Uh, it's uh, The controls are very tight. It, just, it, it has just such a higher level of quality than what I expect from a lot of the big video games. Is really enjoyable. There are no bugs so far to speak of. And one thing that really bugs me... <laughs> that was unintentional. One thing that really bugs me in video games are the bugs. Now, you can overlook them more than I can, I think, uh, when you play well, like... It's all bugs. Yeah, and I, I have, like, very low tolerance for that kind of stuff. You know, I don't mind bugs sometimes. Like, in old games, you have these weird bugs... Like, um, well, Final Fantasy VI, there's Vanished Doom, and yeah, I'm taking advantage of that. But I'm bad at games, so I don't mind having that and using that bug. I don't like bugs like in the Bethesda games, where you become a vampire, and you have a quest to not become a vampire, and you can never complete the quest because of a bug. You lost, you lost like 40 hours. Yeah, that was awful. You had to go way, way back before you were a vampire. Um... And it was just for the PlayStation I was, version. I was really angry about that. I, I, I think you kind of stopped playing Oblivion at that time. Now, Skyrim hasn't had that happen to you yet, but I don't think you've gone very far in Skyrim. Oh, are you? I got three-quarters of the way in, and Fallout arrived, and I was like, yeah. yeah. And that kind of ate up your time. Yeah. You know, I didn't see a lot of, of you playing Skyrim, though, because that's when I was still work. working out. Yeah. yeah. I will say that um, the bugs in... The Bethesda games are annoying, but not like that game I was playing last night. <laughs> that, I was so frustrated. So we got a game from our library, uh, which is called Lumo, which is an isometric platformer game. That's our local library. Yeah. Not, not like our library. No, no. Okay, We went to the local, we, we borrowed the game with our library card. Um, and we didn't know really anything about it other than that the hat on the main character looks cute. Oh, he's so cute. So that's, she, excuse me, she is so cute. That that is why we I have a female character. That is why we borrowed the game. And um so it's an isometric platformer and the controls are really bad. You need like pixel perfect accuracy in all your jumps. And it's hard to judge where the platforms are in relation to you, how far you can jump. And uh, you can do the same thing like three times, and one of the times it will work, and the other times it won't. And Mary was getting just very frustrated with it. I think you get frustrated with platforming in general. You're not one for jumping. Uh, no, I don't do in most, most Yeah, games. I don't do the jumping. You're more a first-person shooter or uh, action-adventure game kind of person than a platformer person. Because I, you know, I kind of grew up with the 2D platformers. I always wanted to be better at Mario. But I'm I'm just terrible. My my jumping is so bad in that. And then of course when we play together, you'll kill my character so often. I did because you were in the way of I was jumping and then like you you jump underneath me and I jump on your head. This is the new Super Mario Brothers Wii when we had a Wii machine that worked. I mean it does work, but the controllers 
controllers have never worked correctly. And uh, You used to have the problem where it would not work correctly. It would and, just go dead suddenly for no reason. Mine was working fine. And I'd switch with you, and I could do your controller fine. Mm -hmm. But you were, you would have a problem with the one I handed off to you. And then eventually... Both of them. They got infected to the point where I I couldn't even work it. We were at some point going to talk about uh, our tabletop RPG, but we kind of went on a, a tangent there, and I think we probably got way enough stuff for a podcast. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but that's enough for now, I think, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye.